0: trying to get well you're in the wrong way. You're listening to only the best herb with Ryan Boulda. Another day, another podcast. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're doing good. I have my interview with Edward Grand. I've been meaning to get this edited. I have had some malfunctioning happening with my podcasting uh, storage, and I lost a bunch of audio and some new audio that I was working on, so I've kind of been really annoyed. But we're going to move past that with this interview today. Edward Grand, on a positive note, really awesome individual. Go check out sporeswaps.com. Reach out to him, actually. He's on Facebook, Edward Grand. His profile picture kind of looks like the underneath of a mushroom. He's a mycologist. Hope you guys enjoy this. Before we get started, a word from our sponsors, Surgeons, LLC. If you ain't feeling 100% like yourself, get in contact with us. We have hemp extracts, CBD products can of genetics nutrients glass pipes and more be a surgeon today and treat yourself to better health
1: i mean you want me to tell you about my whole life or which is what i'm
0: doing yeah. now i mean sure if you got time for it i'll I'm, I'm down for it i love stories i'm sure you got you said you yeah. used to live in michigan
1: right yeah well, i'm originally from michigan and then i i mean i lived there until i was like 26 and then I went to graduate school in Tennessee. So then I was there for four years and then I came directly to Thailand after that. I had a job uh, lined up already like maybe about a year almost before I finished my PhD. So I just pretty much came straight into a job here and I thought maybe I was going to stay here for a year or two and that turned into like two years and then I got another job and that turned into like five years and then like now it's like almost 20 years later. I've lived here for like 19 and a half years. Yeah, something like that. So I've, uh, I, it's kind of funny, I've lived more, I've lived a longer time outside of uh, of America for, than I did in America for most of, you know, for my adult life. Like, so, yeah, it's a little bit weird. I don't think it's that weird, but I guess it is a little bit weird. I don't know if I consider myself an expat or whatever, but I guess at this point I kind of am. But I didn't really have anything to go back uh, back to. And like, I don't know, you know, mom and dad did and stuff like that. My, I don't really have any family, so it was pretty much just like uh, no reason to go back.
0: <laughs> Right. You know, you're good. But I mean, tell me, tell me more. Cause you, I know you're in the microbial community, right? How exactly, uh, uh, how exactly do those connect?
1: You being a doctor? Uh, so basically I, when I, when I finished my PhD, what I did my PhDs is what they would call systematics. It's where I basically took DNA sequences and uh, morphology and what we call the biological species concepts basically mating and i tried to merge those into one sort of cohesive kind of idea about the genus that i was studying which is lentinus so it's like shiitake mushroom used to be in them Mm -hmm. uh, in that genus but i should i say them because it's multiple genera now and every time somebody puts out a new dna sequence they sort of resurrect or make a new genus or switch things around so uh i don't know i grew up like Hunting mushrooms in Michigan, and and that was like kind of where my passion lie. But then you know, life and school. I studied to be a chemical engineer. Well, I did finish my engineering degree at U of M, but it seemed so like boring at the time that I didn't really want to like. I don't know. I just didn't really want to be an engineer. I know the money was good and everything, but I had friends that had already started working. And I was working in a lab. So, so how it kind of happens is I worked in a medical research lab for three years, basically because I wanted to stay in Ann Arbor. And then that kind of was like, I don't know, it was pretty. I wouldn't say boring, but it was like wasn't really what I was passionate about. I worked for a stomach doctor, like a gastroenterologist. So it was like, not really, you know, my thing, we got to do lots and lots of cool experiments and he was quite well funded. So I learned how to do all kinds of weird stuff like immunoblots and Northern blotting and Southern blotting and PCR and, you know, reverse transcriptase, blah, 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 and like all this stuff. And uh, I figured there must be a way that I could apply that stuff to mushrooms. And so I was literally sitting at work one day on a Friday, like bored. And I just did like a Google search, which would have been like Netscape then, I think. Uh, And I just like typed in something like studying mushrooms or something like that. And it popped up a bunch of people. And I started emailing people. And within like a day, I was communicating quite frequently with a guy in Tennessee. And that was like my, uh, my advisor. He became my advisor for my Ph.D. So I kind of skipped the master's thing and I went straight into a PhD because it's quite common now in science to not do the master's degree. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much like jumped headfirst into like, wow, like now I'm getting a PhD in mushrooms. <laughs> uh, and I had no idea for like the first year and a half or so. I had no idea what I wanted to study. I mean, obviously I would like to, you know, study philosophy, but like that was a, not really an option 20 years ago. And so I picked lentinus, which is another group of, uh, uh, you know, genus of mushrooms that has lots of edibles. So I figured I could apply, make make the whole like edible thing, maybe give that a go. You know, that's back when even 20 years ago, everybody and their brother was like opening a gourmet mushroom farm. And I I didn't really want to be like a farmer farmer, you know, like, you know, sitting there and like worrying about harvest schedules and all that. But that's kind of what I inevitably became. Uh, So yeah, fast forward now, I started working in academia here. um, And then basically, like that has run its course. And so now I'm pretty much just like a full time mushroom farmer. Uh, But I'm really into the like the breeding aspects of it. Like I'm really, really, uh, because I have a quite diverse background, I think I bring like a whole, maybe like a little bit of a different way of looking at it, you know, I'm your typical home cultivator, but I add like layers onto it that the average person probably wouldn't. Uh, Because of my background, I'm I'm quite familiar with like DNA sequencing and all these like programs and stuff where you basically can put together, you know, uh, phylogenies, what they call them, or trees based on DNA sequences and things like that. Mm-hmm. A the
0: like line-
1: a lineage, yeah, yeah. Basically, the lineage, yeah, and how the how the species are related to each other. So when you study, like, you know, what they call like sometimes cryptic organisms, like bosses and ferns and fungi, there's not a whole lot of criteria, like morphological characters, that are used to separate them well. There are microscopic details, but it's a little bit hard when you get to species that are very very closely related. You have to Think about how they bait with each other and how basically, you know, these things uh, in the natural world, like, yeah, you know, how they evolved and how they uh, how they exist today. And like what makes them this species or that species or, you know, a different species. Uh, and so I tried to I'm trying to like maybe bring a little bit of that to the home cultivation uh, world, maybe like, you know, give people ideas that might. Maybe make them a little more interested in, mm-hmm. in just, you know, just to like, oh, I want to grow mushrooms. Uh, so maybe try to get, uh, I don't know, peak a little bit more of an interest in the academic aspects of it. Uh, Most definitely. So yeah, yeah, it's really right now for the, uh, I mean, now pretty much my goal is just to like try to get people to grow mushrooms and grow them well and understand the process a little bit better. And maybe if they can, you know, if they get a little bit interested in it, maybe they'll decide to pursue you know, more academic interests. Maybe they'll go back to school or finish school or whatever. Maybe they'll just read a paper, and, you know, come up with some new technique or maybe some new ideas. Mm. So, yeah, I, I just almost think of myself as sort of like a catalyst for some of these things to like put ideas, you know, plant seeds or spores uh, in people's heads. So that maybe they'll have a little bit more of a, you know, an interest maybe yeah maybe someday you know I might be the next greatest you know one of these fungal gurus that we all you know see on the movies and the 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 youtube videos and whatnot Mm -hmm. i don't really have much of a plan to be honest i just sort of take it every day as it comes and, and just try to keep myself entertained and still interested which is not that hard when you get into the breeding and and the amount of genetics that's out there these days and it's what people have come up with and trying to make your own new ones there's just like there's virtually or literally like no end to the amount of things that you can do
0: I've noticed I've noticed um, cuz you mentioned that you're you like doing like the breeding aspect of it right and that's that's a hot topic especially um in these communities um, in all, you know, in all, you know, the fungal groups and whatnot, you're talking about, sh- uh, shiitake, right? Have you ever thought of, um, I don't know how to, how to say this, like crossing, I don't know, I don't know really how you'd call them, like different classes of, of mushrooms together. Like, let's say you had a shiitake and then you can, you know, you can cross that with, I don't know, uh, a different straight of mushroom i mean is that i mean are things like that possible like are you gonna you know just just because
1: yes it's all possible there's limitations uh i mean i, I hate to use analogies and other things but it's like if you want to cross a cat with a dog it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. so if you want to cross like an oyster mushroom with a magic mushroom not going to happen. Right. There's limits to the things you can do. I mean, this isn't like, you know, it's not the kind of thing you just mix them up in a blender and throw them in. The, it's there's a lot of uh things you need to consider. I mean, there's simple things like, you know, I mean, if they're so distantly related, it'd be like humans trying to mate with chimpanzees. You know, mm-hmm. we're pretty close, but uh, as far as I know, like um there have been some attempts to do that. But then you get into weird things like there's just simple chromosome numbers. Like humans and chimpanzees have different numbers of chromosomes. So if you were to successfully mate them, you have to overcome a lot of barriers. There's biochemical barriers, there's just simple like physical barriers. Like these two species have different numbers of chromosomes. Um, and then there's the, the technical aspects of it. Uh a lot of people they're called interspecific hybrids. So inter, like between two species. So the holy grail in like home mitology is take the paniolus, which are the kind of uh I don't know, if people have different names for them. I don't even know what the common names are for them, to be honest. Like the grass lovers. Uh, there's a genus called Paniolus that that everybody wants to cross a paniolus, which generally are stronger, uh, with like a cubensis, which is the one that people typically grow, you know, in their closet. So you got the cubensis aspect. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty, w- pretty well understood how to grow them. But people want, to, of course, increase the potency, so they want to make interspecific. If you go on any of the mushroom boards or forums or discords or whatever, that's it's a perennial topic. I, I started doing this kind of stuff like literally like thirty years ago when I was in college, and the same topics that people were talking about 30 years ago, they're still talking about them. There's just a simple thing, like, you can't cross a cat and a dog, right?
0: So, if
1: you're looking at mushrooms, I mean, just the fact, like, a cat and a dog are mammals, but if you got two mushrooms, they can be so distantly related. It's, again, the same thing, like, mammals, like, you can't make, like, a horse with a cat or a dog with a cat. And so the same thing, I think people try to mistakenly sort of apply this idea that, well, they're all mushrooms. They should just like sort of mix with each other. But that is not the case.
0: That really. It's a good analogy.
1: Yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, there's like lots of other more like technical and scientific reasons. But that's the basic idea when we call species species because they're a reproductively isolated group. So, I mean, the basis for what's called the biological species concept is that essentially all the members of, the, of that, you know, that species are fully compatible with each other, right? So it doesn't matter if it's an aboriginal from Australia, you know, maybe, maybe a Native American or a European or someone from Africa, like we all know uh, that you can mate fully, right? Homo sapiens, like all homo sapiens can mate and produce fertile offspring. So there's another little caveat there. If you made something, so if you could make an interspecific hybrid, these, those would technically be called hybrids because they're two species. So if you could do that, there's a second problem. You need to basically have that organism be reproductive. So, I mean, you can make, like, say for the classic example, again, is like a, a horse and a donkey, right? Horse and a donkey, they're both separate species, but you mate them together and you get a mule right? But you can't make more mules from mules, Like right? right. To get a mule, you need a horse and a donkey. Like, so that's that's the kind of more common, I mean, most, most people know that, you know, that, that, you know, you can't make more mules from mules. They're not, they're not reproducible, like, unless mm-hmm. you have a horse and a donkey. Um, So that's another little kind of problem is that, like, if you are successful making it, so they would call it like a pan-cube hybrid. Uh, an interspecific cross, or in that case, it would be an intergeneric cross, because they're two different genera. So if you could do that, you would be very, very, very famous. Uh, In fact, if you could do that, you would probably get like a Nobel Prize if you published and and you documented your results, because it's very uncommon in any biological system to have intergeneric crosses. Again, that would be kind of back to like, you know, chimpanzees and humans. We're actually two different genera, right? Right. So, what is it? Yeah, I forgot the chimpanzees, bonobos or whatever. I forgot what the, the genus is for chimpanzees.
0: You're way smarter uh, than you me, man.
1: Yeah, well, I've got different backgrounds. Right. It doesn't mean I'm smarter. You've yeah, done a lot of research. You, it's kind of funny that you say that, because this is actually, sometimes I get, uh, i get this from i'm not smarter than you i just study different things right for sure, sure you know how to do i'm sure you do know how to do lots and lots of stuff that i have no clue about it's that uh, this is it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because like a lot of people in the in the sort of home cultivator community they have like what i would call a chip on their shoulder uh, because maybe they're not as educated as I am, and they're not, like, maybe in a position to be able to do some of the things I do. Like, you know, they've got wife, kids, and debts. I'm, I'm a single guy who's pretty much, like, um, can do whatever I want. A bachelor? Uh, yeah. So, so I don't have the limitations that some people do. So I can literally, I can study fungi and play with fungi, like, 20 hours a day if I wanted to. Um, Like here it's 11 o'clock at night, well, 1130 now. I mean, I already put in like an eight hour day, but after I get off here with you, I'm literally going to go like play with my mushrooms and make spawn. Uh, I was pressure cooking some stuff earlier. So my, my work day after this, I'll just, and I love it. That's the thing. I'll stay up till four or five in the morning doing my fungal stuff. I'm going to like subculture some things, transfer some, you know, put some spores on plates, things like that. And, And that for me is like entertainment. Like I would rather be playing with my mushrooms than watching some dumbass Netflix series, you know.
0: That's so like,
1: cool. This is like what I do. What? But as far as a lot of the people, this is something that when I I was on a lot of uh, podcasts with a guy called Michael Geeky, and we had to kind of we tried introducing some of these more uh, more detailed like scientific ideas, and and I I don't I really wish people would get I wish they would like forget about the education like like i like it's literally to the point now i don't tell people i have the education that i do because they immediately get a complex like so so it's something that if i if i were to meet you on the street like you would never know that i have a phd because i simply wouldn't tell you right I, i figured that was appropriate for the podcast but uh if it's not you can delete that part (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't i don't i don't want to make I. It's no not you're like good a pretentious you're like i have like zero ego and pretentiousness but even when i try to like enforce that idea people i don't know there's always that little thing on their shoulder well, i don't know what it is
0: that's why i bring it up to... that's why i bring it up because a lot of there is a lot of that uh going on people who think they're um, I would like not. I wouldn't say smarter, but you know, have that uh, seniority. I guess seniority. I guess would be a better word to kind of throw their weight around a little bit and maybe get what they want. And uh, and you know what? That's that's uh, obviously respectable. That's obviously going to happen, right? But with <laughs> With the community being about like love and like passing around uh genetics and sharing and it's just it just seems very counterintuitive to me you know for for that to be for that to be around like talking with you i i get a i get a completely different feel you're you're uh gonna go play with mushrooms at four o'clock in the morning you know that's completely different than your you know your traditional professional grower cultivator for example you have a passion for it you know what's a project that you're working on right now
1: yeah just one more thing about that is like I'm well familiar with that because those people when I came in about two and a half years ago like I took kind of a hiatus for about 15 or 20 years I had to deal with those people I know I mean I could tell you by name that if there's like five people that should be eliminated from the mushroom community Like, they all hate me because I've made an effort to actually the gatekeepers. Like, I've made an effort and almost made it a goal of my life now to basically educate people through my YouTubes and through my live streams and through answering questions. And those people that want to be the gatekeepers, they don't like that. Right. Because, as you said, they, they make money off of their little secrets. And so when I started to like breed mushrooms and I started making videos about how simple it is to do it, I got a huge amount of flack and kickback from those people who were not happy about me, you know, giving out their secrets. And, mm-hmm. and I, I do. I mean, I've worked in academia for 20 years. Believe me, I'm very, very familiar with the way academics are, their egos, their pretentiousness. I am yeah. very, very familiar with that. And that that's the problem is when you when you get labeled like, oh, you're an academic or you've got all this fancy education, people like shut down. It, it's like I used to teach chemistry. And when I told people I taught chemistry, 99 percent of the time, the very first thing they say is, oh, I hate chemistry. Mm. So I'm like, I, well, I don't know. Thank you. Like that. My my profession like you the first thing like you tell me is how you hate it it's like oh like if you work in a grocery store you know and and somebody's like oh I hate groceries yeah it's a little funny I'm like so familiar with that pretentiousness that's why I'm leaving academia I've been in academia for about 20 years and that's particularly why I'm leaving academia because I just don't want to deal with that the levels of egos and pretentiousness and it's even worse here because like it's very age like dependent like if you're younger or older than someone they treat you very different mm-hmm. and i look kind of young so i often run into this case of like like people especially the other um like most Thai people they look at you and they judge you based on how old you look immediately mm-hmm. so if you're older they have a particular word they call you p and if you're younger they call you Nong. and it's like they immediately want to know how to address you. And if you are younger than them, they're gonna treat you a certain way. And, and it goes with the, you know your, your education and your job and all that kind of stuff. It's very, I wouldn't call it like a caste system, but there's very defined roles, whether you're the older one or the younger one, and, and they're gonna treat you appropriately or um, yes. inappropriately depending on the situation. I got my hair cut the other day. It's all messed up back there. You You do look young. I never look in the mirror. Like this is the only time I see myself. Like is is during podcast. I'm looking at the reflection in my TV.
0: (laughs) No, man, you do look young. You do look young. So how do how do you fit? Like clearly, you're white. You're American, right? There's different. Obviously, like you're talking about. There's cultural differences. How. What? How are the how are the laws and stuff in Thailand as far as microbial work and uh, you know just laws in general with psilocybin perhaps or the amarita or anything really?
1: Yeah, well, I don't really know to be honest. There's certain like gray areas, and so a lot of some people occasionally get busted, but it's usually because they're doing other stuff. Um, they like legalized uh, cannabis or whatever. I don't know what words we can use. Can we? You can use people? any like word you want. Really nope. Okay. So people nope. are very sensitive about because they'll get like demonetized or whatever on YouTube. Nope. Uh, so the cannabis was legalized here. It was like June of last year, May or June of last year. So it's been fully legal like last year. It's been fully legal for over a year and a half now. Um, the psilocybin laws—it's a little bit—it's one of those things. They—they just like they have higher priorities. The big thing, like in the U.S., they're mostly they're mostly uh, it's, it's meth and the opioids, opiates, opioids. That's their big problem. So they're like unless you're doing—I mean, unless you're standing out front, you know, with a stand selling drugs or whatever, they're not going to really bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very. I mean, that being said, you know, if you piss off somebody, like you know, we were just talking about this earlier. It's like you know, that you got an ex or some friend or ex employees or somebody. Maybe it's a business competitor. Now those are the kind of people that might you know rat you out. Like it's it's like I at my farm where I do all my growing. Like nobody, like literally nobody has ever been to this location smart like, i have to keep it that way because even friends who want to come see the operation it's like i'm sorry you're never gonna see it you can look at the pictures i shit off the show on social media you can watch my youtube videos but you are never physically going to be in my at my farm which makes it a little bit lonely sometimes but yeah it's, okay.
0: it's the smart business life. move it's the smartest thing you could probably do
1: yeah, people, I, you know, I've been in this kind of like culture for a long time since I was a teenager. And and I see other people, the, the things they do and the mistakes they make and they, they trust the wrong people. Yeah. And, you know, somebody your friend today might be your enemy next week. And that, that's going to be a problem. I mean, I, I had a classic example. We had a, this back in, gosh, it must have been like 94 or something. We had a pretty big weed grow in our basement. And my roommate, we had kept it under under secrecy for a while, and my roommate, he saw me going down to water the plants one time, and he followed me, and then the next day, he told one person, that person told five people, you know, it's that. So then the whole of Ann Arbor pretty much knew, and literally, like, this was the before social media and mobile phones, like, literally a couple hours later, we had people coming and asking if they could get some weed. And it was like A couple yeah, of
0: hours later.
1: Well, we ripped the whole thing down. It was me and my buddy. We had, we had several thousand dollars invested in lights and, you know, irrigation and all this kind of stuff. We just basically ripped it all down. And it was, again, one of those things. My, my roommate was trying to impress a girl. So he was like, oh, you want it? It wasn't even his grow. And so he took her down there and thought he was going to, you know, get laid sure, or whatever. Right. And it just turned into this, so after that, I've had other instances, my roommate, his, his, another roommate, his brother-in-law was an ex-cop and like he basically robbed me one time. And so after this happened a few times, you get really, really super sensitive about who you trust uh, Not and who right. you tell certain things. Yeah. And I, you know, I live in Thailand, so I'm not really too worried about like the U.S. authorities. I mean, I suppose they could. But there's such a low priority here. It's, again, one of those things. I don't really make any money selling stuff. Like, I sell spores. So, like, there's, like I, don't, I don't walk down around a tourist area like, here, you want something, you want some. Right. You know, now if you're on a beach in one of the holiday places and you're walking around with a backpack with a half pound or something in there, you're going to have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do what I do, and I just basically, I mean, my, my, my fruit never goes anywhere. Uh, all I do is I harvest the spores and I, you know, wrap them up and people buy them off my website and that, or the website it's a bunch of people on there, uh, spore swaps and uh, yeah, then that's all I really do. Like I'm not selling, I'm not moving weight, you know. I'm mm-hmm. just basically like selling spores. So it's so there's like sporeswap.com. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Making sure yeah, with a p spore swaps like with a p. It used to be there's other, you know, how people try to change it a little bit. It's for swaps.com. Gotcha. So, yeah. Zoom might I'm cut us call.
0: off here. Oh, okay. Zoom might cut us off here, here in a moment. But Oh,
1: that's the uh, I forgot about that. Me too. Ah, uh, I completely forget. Yeah, I've been using StreamYard. It works really, really well. It's surprising how easy it is.
0: I probably, I probably are having issues because, uh, I'm on the, the Z fold probably, uh, when, if, and when we do this again, cause I'd love to talk to you again, you know, I can pick your brain and, and do some stuff. If you ever have time, you know, um, you know what we have right now, I, mean, well, we have like 30, 30 minutes trimmed down to like 25, probably added some stuff. So, I mean, we got a lot of good, we got a lot of good information in there. Um I'm going to send you I'm going to send you um a link if you want to say anything like real quick to the audience you know like hey um you know my name's ed you know I'm here for sportswaps.com or um you know what or whatever you know if you want to add anything real quick cuz I can yeah. trim it and throw it in the front
1: you know Yeah sure I mean I would just encourage people to go check out my YouTube channel too There's an incredible amount of information on there. It's not well edited because I'm not really like an editing guy. So they're just like kind of one-offs where it's just me doing a technique. Uh, And I just moved into, I I just kind of reset up my lab. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna be pumping out videos. Uh, But I did get a strike one time. So I eased back, I was showing fruit and they gave me a, a warning or a strike. And so I really, really had to be careful. Uh, but I've got like backups of that too, and obviously I have everything saved locally. Uh, but yeah, check out the site Sportswaps.com. That is where I don't even know. I must have 150, 200 listings on there. Uh, there's other vendors on there now, so I'm just I'm like a vendor there. Um, I, I don't really have any interest in like running my own website. It just seems like a major pain in the neck, and like it is. Um, I'm really really happy. Sportswaps is uh, they they treated me well. There's a there's a good group of people over there. And, uh, yeah, my YouTube videos and my Facebook page. I, I, I do Instagram a little bit, but I can't. There's so much social media now. Uh, I can't really concentrate on. I just concentrate based on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, but if people want to contact me, yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram. Just search for my name. I don't have any aliases or anything. Like, this is my real name. Um, so, you know, like, you, if you want to go check out my Ph.D., you know, it's online. at the University's website. I'm um, uh, very, very boring for most people, but uh, yeah, this is my real name. So i have taken kind of a, a little bit of a plunge and, you know, if you search uh, YouTube, I, I, I'm i going to really, really amp the YouTube up this year. Uh, and I just want to, I just want more people to basically know how to grow mushrooms. That I have like one purpose and that is to teach people who might need medicine or maybe they just want a hobby or maybe they're just bored or maybe they just want to get high. You know? <laughs> nothing wrong with that right like you know that's that's you know maybe they just want to go enjoy a concert a little more uh, i'm all for that uh and if they, people want to get in contact with me just i'm i spend a lot of time just communicating with people on a daily basis uh to be honest facebook messenger is probably the easiest way mm-hmm. uh, i'm on the other ones but it's a lot easier just to, i i, I got to use facebook for other stuff so uh, but, yeah, get out there, get some spores. And that's the thing. So, my love of this is kind of morphed into, like, I started selling spores so I could have money to buy more spores. But now that was, a, like, two and a half, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Now it's turned into, like, wow, people enjoy growing new stuff. So, my idea is to just put it out there. You know, it's 15 bucks for a set of swabs. Not too much, I send them from Thailand. It takes about three or four weeks to get to America, but they always arrive. Mm. Um, You just gotta be a little more patient. I mean, there's sites, that will say, oh, we'll get them out in 24 hours. I just can't do that, you know, I'm literally on the other side of the world, but they always arrive. Mm. Just a little white like greeting card and like, nobody's the wiser. Uh, But yeah, I might start doing like like liquid cultures, which they have different names. I might start doing that after maybe a couple more months. Uh, but yeah, if anybody wants to contact me, man, I'm all for. Um, that's the thing. People don't need to think of me as like I'm not this pretentious like you know person. I don't care. I mean, out there in the world, there's people that need help, and I want to help them. Um, yeah, and any kind of questions they have, is uh, I'm more than happy to talk to people.
0: You're exactly the type of person, literally, that uh, you fit this podcast really well because you do what you do. You're really good at it and you're really passionate about it and you like helping people. And that's, that is base. that is the, the core of this, of this podcast. So I, I really deeply appreciate you taking the time to, to come out, you know, to come on this podcast and, and talk about, you know, your love of mushrooms. Cause I have a lot of people who have said, um, mushrooms have changed their life, not even just eating them the the whole process mm. of, of growing them you know multiple
1: yeah. people yeah it's therapy in and of itself and i think it helps people maybe organize their thoughts too you know you have like a plan you know you wake up and you've got a plan for the day and some people lack that kind of structure in their life and if you're going to be successful growing mushrooms like it forces you to have a structure in your life
0: that wraps up today's episode of only the best herbs. I really enjoyed this interview with Ed. Again, sporeswaps.com. Another word from one of our sponsors here, Ruga Montetto. A word from one of our sponsors, Ruga Montetto. They supply quality, first-generation bread, canna genetics. Reach out to us here at Surgeons. We supply all of Ruga Montetto's up-to-date strains including strains mixed with runts cookies grape stomper josh d kush and more if you're looking for unique exotic carefully created cannabis strains surgeons is the place to be visit our website surgeonsolution.io where you'll find only the best Until next time, this is Ryan Bolda with Only the Best Herbs, and you'll talk to me soon. Think you have what it takes to be only the best? Send us an email, operations at surgeonsolutions.org.